Good morning, everyone. Good morning again. Welcome back to The Cry. This is Elder Andre Wilson. We're thanking God for this beautiful day. It's a little cold on the outside, and we thank God it's just a blessing to be alive. We're coming to you today uh, as an advocate. Uh, I'm a victim, a uh, sufferer of childhood trauma, and uh, we just want to talk to those that are suffering in silence, those that are going through, those that don't have the courage to speak up and, you know, confess the things that have happened to them, whether it was what happened to me or any kind of trauma, trauma, childhood abuse, uh, molestation, just uh, so many ways that trauma can come. But I thank God for the word of God. The Bible says we were fearfully and wonderfully made and I don't want nobody to make the mistake that I made by hiding it and suppressing it. And through that, you can become internally damaged. And it will take the grace of God and the power of God to make you whole. And I'm reminded of the word of God where God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. He wanted to show him something. The Bible said the clay was marred in the potter's hand. God has made us as perfect human beings as far as the way he made us. There was no flaws in what God created. But sometimes situations and circumstances can come and knock us off balance, can really do some internal damage. And uh, I suffered in silence up into my 40s, uh, my mid-40s. And I lived a, a miserable life, every day being tormented with fear. And the word of God said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I want to encourage someone to take back your power. You know, whenever you live in the state that I was in, you live beneath your privileges. And a lot of times we need to be validated. And a lot of times we take and do things that is not good for us. And one thing is wanting to be loved and appreciated and accepted. And a lot of times we'll find ourselves being, oh, by God, mistreated and done any kind of way. Because once people know you're vulnerable, a lot of people are not godly. A lot of people will take advantage of you. People will exploit you. And a lot of times we are going here and there looking for peace. And there has to be an inner peace. And the word of God said, come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's rest in Jesus. We'll run from pillar to post. We'll run here and there looking for peace. And there is no peace. My God, everything that we need is in God. God began to deal with me about a particular situation where I felt like I had to have this or that. In order to survive, and I was that was just my mindset. I was so low. I was so unsure of myself. Didn't have no confidence, no self-esteem, and no self-worth. And God allowed me to suffer that much more. And he began to deal with me and tell me, everything that you need is in me. I'm your great and exceeding reward. And I tell you, sometimes you got to steal away. You got to go into your secret closet. Sometimes you got to lay on your face and pray and cry. And that was the thing that brought me through. And you know, it's good to be honest with yourself. I thought I was going to lose my mind at one point. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. 
but just like a drug addict or someone that's strung out on alcohol or whatever, in order to get healed, in order to be delivered, you have to first acknowledge that there's a problem. I was afraid of what people was going to say about me. I was afraid to think people was going to think I was crazy, but I was crazy for not running to God or going, and, 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 and God is good for everything. But there's a time when we have to go to the sources that God has given us. My God, he said he that is whole has no need for a physician, but God has given us counselors. God has given us people, my God, that we can go to and, and, and they can be a blessing. And uh, a lot of things, you know, God is just not going to do himself because, you know, even through salvation, God came in the flesh and he experienced the things that we experienced so he would know the word of God said we serve not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities God feel what we're going through when he heard about Lazarus the word of God said Jesus wept my God, God don't want us to live beneath our privileges. God don't want us to live any kind of way, you know, and, and God wants us to be healed. He wants us to be delivered. And some things we have to take upon ourselves when I decided that day that I was going to get some help. My God, people can tell you so long that you're, you're nothing. People can tell you something and, and, and destroy the little hope that you have. But my God, the word of God said, even a tree after it has been cut down at the scent of water, it can live again. I've seen trees cut down and had sprouts when they begin to sprout at the root. My God, God wants us to be healed. God can heal you everywhere you hurt, even in the hidden places, the broken places. My God, the tears that you've cried, there's help. Find you somebody that's solid. And I'm going to tell you something. You got to get to the point where you're not tolerated. I'd rather have two or three people in my life that love me than to be around a hundred pretenders. I'm saying this with purpose and with reason. It's time for somebody to get up. The Bible said the prodigal son was down in the mud and and, and thought about eating the husk with the hog, and he came to himself. It's time for somebody to come to themselves and realize that you're tired of living like you're living. My God, you're isolating yourself. You're separating yourself. You're, you're pretending that you're happy, and you're really not. You're putting on a facade. But it's time to go get your life back. It's time to get your joy, your peace, peace. We've been talking about that. Me and certain people are talking about peace. You can't put a price on peace. My God, God is able. It's time for us, my God, survivors, those that are suffering. I don't care what your trauma was. You need to find somebody that you can talk to, somebody you can share with, somebody that's not going to be judgmental. And I want to talk to those that, that, that has not been traumatized. When you see somebody coming, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they've gone through. So we got to be careful. My God, the power of life and death is in the tongue. You can kill somebody with your mouth. It's time for us to start speaking life and positivity. My God, you see people coming. It's not good to be jovial all the time. My God. And sometimes people need a hug. Somebody need a kind word. 
and we're so judgmental. Sometimes people want to sit down and talk to us because they're afraid. Sometimes people just need somebody just to listen. Don't open your mouth. Don't say if I were you. Don't say you wrong. You can't tell people how long they should hurt. You can't tell people that they shouldn't hurt. You ought to be over this by now because you didn't suffer what they suffered. I want to talk to somebody heart in their mind this morning. Your kind word could save somebody's life. Your hug, your smile could make the difference in somebody's life. We are selfish people. We're out here trying to obtain everything that we can get for ourselves. And the Bible said Jesus made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. The Bible said the apostles sold all their possessions and gave it to the poor. My God, we're not telling you to give up your things, but get out of yourself. Quit trying to obtain everything because you never saw a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. It's good to want to live comfortable. But there's a story about the Jericho Road where a man was wounded and on the highway left to die. And the preacher came by and went on the other side of the road. And the priest came by and he did the same thing. But the old Samaritan that nobody didn't want anything to do with was the one that went and got him, took care of him, cleaned him up, bandaged up his wound, took him to the inn, and told the proprietor, whatever he needs, put it on my account. Going to church don't save you. Giving your money to the church don't save you. The Bible said the greatest commandment God gave us is that we love one another. The Bible said all the law and the prophet hang on that. Everything Jeremiah, everything that Moses and all of them, it does not contend with this new commandment. My God, we're not going to heaven being hateful. We're not going to heaven with an attitude. We're not going to heaven fussing and cussing. But a new commandment that I give you that you love one another. The Bible says not by works lest any man should boast. The church has lost its credibility because it's done got too sophisticated. We don't know the purpose and the reason why Corona came. But every church you look is trying to build its own brand. Everybody building, building, building. But who's concerned about the souls and the well-being of the people? This is the time the church should be taking care of the people. And the people are still trying to go to church and pay their tithes. And I'm not kicking none of that. But we've already put meat in the storehouse. Now it's time for us to be able to get some of that back. And people will not go to church because church people have gotten so mean and hateful and so sophisticated and so deep until even when people come visit the church, the church people gather together talking to one another and the visitor come just to hear kind words, somebody to say, oh, it's good to see you. Nobody pay them no attention. They walk up and say, I'll never come back. They see the church people in the streets and the stores shopping, hateful. You cannot catch a fish. You can't fry it before you catch it. When people come around us, they expect for us, we expect for them to be just like us. But we got to remember where we came from. We got to remember who we was. The Bible was said, for such were some of you, liars, whoremongers, gamblers, thieves. We, we were those things, drunkards. Now, we done got a little cleaned up and everything, and we done got big and, and, and heady and high-minded. But Jesus told Peter, when you get converted, you go strengthen your brother. You go back and help somebody. 
My God, that's just like cooking some good food. It's so good you don't want to eat it by yourself. The Bible said, don't taste and see that the Lord is good. David said he was sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. How many people in this holiday season went to anybody that you know didn't have something and say, I want to give you something because God has blessed me and I want to give back to you? Or were you selfish and trying to get everything for you and your family? My God, I got some friends, and I thank God for real people. One of my best friends worked with somebody on the job, and they were going through, were homeless for a couple of years, them and their daughter, not going to call any names, and they told it to my best friend. And it touched them so much until they came and told me, and I could feel it, and it bothered me. I said, we're going to do something about this. Because I remember when I didn't have nothing, I was going to the grocery store with $2, buying a 50-cent can of beans, a 50-cent can of corn, 50-cent can of uh, string beans. My God, eating peanut butter for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, going out smiling, everybody think I got a pocket full of money. That's why I said earlier, you don't know what people are going through, you don't know what people are dealing with. Laying down on my face after I ate the peanut butter or whatever it was and say, God, I thank you for making a way. God, I thank you for feeding me. God, I thank you for helping me provide bills almost to be cut off, things almost to be lost. And I say, God, I ain't asking nobody for nothing. God, you promised me that you would make a way. And every day God would come through. God put my special cousin in my life. God will send somebody at the right time. I'm reminded of Elijah. It hadn't rained for three years and six months. It was a famine in the land. God told him to go down by the brook. He said, I commanded a raven to feed you there. My God, he said, you drink from the brook. You drink water out of this little place here and the bird going to bring you something. Every day it came through. And when the brook dried up and there was no water, he told him to go down to Sarah path. I commanded a widow woman to sustain you. She was getting ready to get two sticks and she had a little bit of meal and she's getting ready to bake it for her son and her. And they was going to eat it and die because they didn't have anything else. The man of God got there. That's why you got to be careful who come up, come by and you mistreat them. He told she told him what he was. She was getting ready to do. She said, my son and I get ready to eat and die. He said, bake me one first. My God, that was God talking right there, letting her know if you bake a first, they're going to be a second and a third. The Bible said God didn't fill the barrel up, but it didn't never run out. My God, God fed them until the, until the rain came. Sometimes we're praying for things and asking God to do something for us, and he'll send tests. To see what we're going to do before he give us what we want. And a lot of times, God send angels and different things to us. We curse them out. We mistreat them. They ask us for something. Can you buy me some food? Oh, I ain't buying nothing. We got to be careful. But I got the, the, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make when my best friend told me about the person that didn't have no bed or no furniture. And I got in touch with some of my friends. That's why it's good to be associated with good people. Everybody to 99% that I spoke with got with me, helped me, and we bought this young lady a bed and a dresser. And she was so grateful. It's not about us. Christmas is about giving. God loved us so much that he gave his son. What are we doing to help somebody? What are we doing to be a blessing? I'm going to get 
on my job. I'm going to start back in the streets witnessing and letting people know that there's hope. God can heal them from the things that they've gone through, their hurt, their disappointment, their molestation, their abuse, their abandonment, all of these things that people are suffering with. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. You don't have to be rich to give. My God, but he said, when you give into the least of them, you've given it unto me. The woman put in a mite. And the Bible says she gave more than everybody because she gave all she had and she gave it from her heart. And not only it's not what you give, it's how you give it. Don't give somebody something begrudgingly. Don't sit down and chastise somebody before you give it to them. The Bible says give expecting nothing in return. Let's start praying for one another. Let's start talking to one another. Those of you that have grudges that promise that you wouldn't talk to your family member or someone for, for the rest of your life, fix it. It's not about who is right. It's about what is right. Whose side the Lord going to be on if everybody acting like a fool? He'll just stand back. My God. You don't have to love me for me to treat you right. But when I find out how you are, I know how to deal with you. You can't love everybody. So don't even think that. Some people are not going to let you love them. But if the opportunity to come where I can help you, I'll do it. So we got to remember who we are. We got to know our worth. And we got to try to be a blessing to somebody. Those of you that are suffering, those of you that are going through depression, those of you that are suffering from PTSD and trauma and anxiety, you can make it. Start talking about it. Those of you that have victims, that have loved ones, friends, family, whatever it is, that are going through, reach out to them sometime. Ask them if everything is all right. Ask them, do they just need to sit down and talk? You know, there was two brothers called Cain and Abel. And one got jealous and killed the other. The Bible says jealousy is crueler than the grave. I don't care if you get $10 million. That's you. I want to see you make it. But I want you to know it's how you obtain it. And the Bible says some think that gain is godliness because you have a whole lot. Don't mean that you're godly. Time and chance happens to us all. But the greatest riches in the whole wide world is having peace, joy, salvation, knowing who the Lord is, and having his nature and his spirit. We're living in a time now, the Bible says, a house would be divided among itself. Three against two, two against three. Families can't even get along no more. Mothers against daughters, father against son, mother-in-law against daughters-in-law. All of these things are happening. The Bible says men would be lovers of their own self. They would worship the creature more than the creator. We're worshiping things and people now more than we're worshiping God. We're giving people more attention and time more than we're giving it to God. Now, if you got your priorities intact, 
Ain't nothing wrong with it. I just wanted to drop this off to somebody today. Email me or, or, or text me a topic if you want to talk about it. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to let you go. Sometimes suffering is God's will for us. The Bible said the father chastised the son whom he loved. And sometimes God will take us through the refiner's fire. Gold is not purified until it goes through the fire. Sometimes God wants to burn out some of the impurities in our life. God wants to isolate us and separate us. Sometimes when God is trying to get our attention and we won't yield, God will put us through suffering. So don't let it have to be like that. Freely come without money, without price, and drink. My God, it don't cost you nothing but a made-up mind. Make up your mind today that you're going to make some changes for 2021. And the thing that you've been waiting on, the thing that you've been praying for, God told Daniel the first time you humbled yourself, I heard you. Delayed don't mean denied. I want y'all to know that. My God, and there's nothing too hard for God. Once again, this is Elder Andre Wilson. This is the cry. The Bible said there was one in the wilderness by the name of John. John was out there crying all by himself. And whenever there's a calling on your life, sometimes you'll be isolated and separated. People will begin to separate themselves from you. Don't you get sad or get upset because there comes a time when God begins to pull people out of your life that don't mean you're no good. And he'll begin to put people in your life that mean you well. So quit holding on to things that are killing you and grab hold to things that will give you life. God bless you.